Stop! Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute. Maybe not the only, but a podcast that reviews every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers classic directed by Don Siegel, Dirty Harry. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined as ever with... Trent. Say it again. Trent. Trent. Because Tim has had to leave our second guest, but we are rejoined with our guest, Lily... Fiona too? Liz. Liz, Liz. sorry. All of the above. I thought you were kidding. And I was like, this is I comic. was acting. That's what I thought as well. Comic genius. Acting. We're throwing another name in the ring. My name is Liz. It says on my birth certificate. Which you were good enough to provide. I was indeed. It's, it's right here. We're using it as a joint coaster. Uh, yeah, it's good. All's here's, well. Here's a, here's a point of fact. Birth certificates apparently only became a thing in America to prevent child labour violations. Apparently, before then, didn't really exist. But not actually. to prevent foreigners from taking the office <laughs> in the United States. No, that would follow a century later. Well, it seems they have many uses. It's good. And our returning guest, Georgia. Hello. Welcome back. Did you Thank like you. this minute? There's nothing wrong with this minute. This was a good minute. It began with the shuffling of some teenage girl photos and ended with Harry looking at Chico. After he just finished reading a letter with the words "Signed Scorpio," I'll just introduce myself, <laughs> shall I? Forty-eight minute, uh, forty minutes in. <laughs> Sorry, Mitch. Hi, I'm still here. You'd clearly forgotten. Sorry, <laughs> Mitch. Thank you for joining us, Mitch. You like this minute? Uh, there's less brown on the walls here. I feel like they're in a different office. So the, la- the last yeah. time we saw all of the, you know, all, all the cop. Like Harry and Lieutenant and all that sort of stuff are in, in a room. There was like the faces, the tans, everything was competing to be the most brown. Yeah. Whereas here, say, they're still they're still very tan, aren't they? They're still yep. very tan, but there's a kind of topa in the background. <laughs> topa, tope, tope, tope. Was that a Sears catalogue on his desk as well on the left? It could have been. I think it had an, an advertisement for Salem cigarettes on it. Most beautiful people, people. <laughs> Salem. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. So, it's just a magazine. You ever smoke Salem, Trent? Have that's I- a baby. Oh. Sorry, that's a baby lamb. It is? Yeah. yeah. Why is a baby lamb promoting cigarettes? <laughs> well, what could possibly- Well, okay. Camel worked for Camel. Um, so maybe they're looking for other, you know- you would have thought a great advertisement for Salem would have been, like Salem cigarettes would have mm. been a couple of witches about to be hanged. <laughs> and they're like, what's but the one thing, the last thing the we're going to do? The last yeah. We're going to have smoke. a drag. <laughs> we're going to punch a few Salem darts. <laughs> yeah, wow. And I'm not sure, but are they swap uniforms? Oh, has Harry wearing the colour that um, Chico was wearing and Chico's now wearing the brown tweed? I love the idea of them literally swapping, like as in, you know, <laughs> wearing each other's clothes. Hey, Tuesday's the day I wear tweed. Let's swap. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so the, sorry, the Salem lamb connection. I've found an advertisement. Salem softness freshens your taste with the smoothest flavour in cigarettes today. Step into the wonderful world of Salem's. Mm. And there's a couple sort of holding lambs or looking at lambs. So it's the softness of that wool. 
to mimic the softness nice. of the cigarette. But they've also got what is the most rapey advertisement I think I've ever oh dear. seen. No Have a look way. at this. It's Tom Selleck. I in love Salem cigarettes. I love Tom Selleck. Don't so, tell me that it's gonna. It's Tom Selleck oh, no. looking intently into the camera, holding a really oversized cigarette. I might point out. <laughs> wow. These are kings. Not I don't slim. let anything get in the way of my enjoyment. His moustache is quite blonde there as well. So clearly they've penciled it in during Magnum PI era. I think maybe he's wearing contact lenses as well. Yeah, just saying. He looks quite. F- I wouldn't say thin, but my, like ex- especially fit there, Trent. Is it mm. still sus if it's Tom Selleck? <laughs> I mean, it takes the edge off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's still a little concerning. There's some good George Lazenby cigarette advertisements from that era as well. I'm just trying to find them where it's they're promoting him as an international actor of mystery kind of thing. And what well, in San Francisco, I had to jump off a cable car. Luckily, I get to have my Benson and Hedges at the end of it. <laughs> I think um, I think Chico's the only one that smokes in this movie, Georgia. Do you remember? I don't Harry's even remember him smoking. When does Chico smoke? He smokes later when, uh, just after this scene, when they're in um, in Sid's office to get the recording device. Oh, he yeah. Sort of smoke Fair enough. There. Okay. Is that supposed to be metaphoric of it? The weight of it all just becoming too much that he's, <laughs> he's turned to smoking? The pressure. I had never seen this actor as a young man before watching Dirty Harry for this podcast, so... Seen him in Seinfeld? Yes. Oh, as the- puppy, as puppy. <laughs> yeah. But he did seem like one of those actors like Steve Martin, who'd always been old. Mm-hmm. No. Um, Mr. Bean. Well, you think he looks like Mr. Bean? Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I really do. And when you said it before, I had a little giggle to myself. Once again, an Italian-American playing a Mexican and with a nonsensical name, Chico, just meaning little boy. <laughs> little lolly. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> Little brown candy. So, George, do you think he's sort of copying, he's sucking up to his inspector partner, like wearing the, the brown and Harry's taking his grey? Um, I think if Harry told him, you know, he had only certain days to wear grey, then, yeah, he'd respect that. Yeah, for sure. Do you think there's been any development, Trent, with Chico? Is Harry just as um, positive and friendly towards him? They, I mean, they seem more tolerant of each other. There's, you can't really cut the tension that you could in the beginning. I mean, they're spending, what, eight to ten plus hours a day sitting in a car together. and Chico decides to read the letter. Mm. Do you think Harry can read? It's because he's got the glasses. So the person with the glasses in their pocket <laughs> has to read it. How many people do you think were on the team that washed Clint Eastwood's hair? 72. <laughs> So, and fourteen for voluminous. his eyebrows. <laughs> fourteen for his eyebrows. Yes, yes. It's how many for his tan? No, it takes a village. <laughs> normally, like you know, you normally you obviously pluck eyebrows. I think Clint was the only person to ever have extra hair inserted into them. <laughs> They're kind of brushed up, aren't they? Like at the perimeter. It's so sure. Oh, you can brush, you can trim, you can you can do all kinds of things. <laughs> now. Liz, do you want to talk about the dialogue in the scene now that the microphones are on? Yeah. I, I mean, Take I- apart. So, <laughs> so, Scorpio's letter, his way of identifying the girl, basically. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to skip ahead as long as we're done with no. their aesthetic. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, the, the letter, I think, is, um, it's very descriptive and Scorpio's giving 
a pretty decent description of the girl that he's kidnapped so that we know that he's for real. He means business. Um, you know, she's got a mole on her leg and, you know, she can be identified lots of different ways. But he says in the letter that she has nice tits. And I just feel like that's a really subjective um, description there. Do you think it's a bit too lurid? Or it's just his way of saying, look... uh, I just think he thinks she has nice tits, but they might not. And then, you know... Could be anybody. It could be anybody. could be anybody. It's the thing of, like... You'll have to come down to identify the body, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. I'm like, oh, it's like, is, is, this her, is this her anklet? I'm not too sure. I haven't seen that before. Oh, oh no. Look at those nice tits. That's our daughter. You have to bring the dodgy uncle in for that part of it. Oh, wow. So is that was the second half can... of my joke. Thank you for, That's I just right. handballed it. You picked it right up. Is well it done. something that you there can say about a 14-year-old? No. No. I mean, it's we're getting that he's a creep. Mm. Yeah, but he, I mean, even that T word. I mean, any context it's used in is usually it's crass. I mean, it's not mm. a sexy way to describe mm. that part of the body by any stretch of the imagination. Like I cannot think of one time where anyone would be, oh, he said I've got nice, mm, rather mm. than nice breasts or, or whatever it might be. But yeah, I suppose he wants the cops in no doubt that she's in. Danger. Lustual danger as well, not mm. just corp- you know, body danger, death. But um, it's interesting, in the novelization, Scorpio actually used astrology to make the decision to kidnap Anne-Marie Deakin. Well, so it wasn't just a random... No, obviously, no. Is so that- I think his Scorpio background had a bit more to do with his yeah, character. Yeah, is that also where yeah. the name stems from then? It's more... The horoscope that day told him to try to meet someone new. <laughs> oh. <Hey. laughs> So, how did he use astrology, if I may? I haven't read the book. Uh, I've only got yeah. the novelization of Magnum Force, sorry. Yeah. Mm. sorry. But I will purchase it as part of my due process. So, that morning, he's opened up the paper. Mm-hmm. He's looked at Athena Starwoman, and she said, <laughs> this is what you're going to be doing today, Scorpio. You're going to meet someone new. And, yeah, and that, that's what happened, right? Yeah, well. Mm. Mm. Do look out for Dirty Harry yeah. and his eyebrows. <laughs> They'll be coming for you. You may remember we spoke about the background of the script, the Chris killing in 1968, where a young girl was abducted in, and buried alive and was successfully found. Yes. And the name of the perpetrator's, his decoy, his alibi name was Deacon. Okay. So, obviously, oh. background here they used. In 1968, <laughs> the Chris case that this was based on, about a girl being buried alive, she was found successfully and the perpetrator's later found. However, there was... Inspiration from this movie in Germany in 1981. Uh, copycat, a 10-year-old girl, Ursula Hermann, was buried alive in a box fitted like Anne-Marie Deacon's, except there was lighting added there as well. Um, the victim suffocated because autumn leaves became clogged up in the ventilation duct and she was found 20 days later. And finally, just a few years ago, a couple were arrested and tried for the kidnapping. Um, the man was a mechanic who had gambling debts to pay, and his wife was a cleaner who worked in the household of the girl that was abducted and put underground. And according to the trial and reports, they were inspired by this scene here. There you go. Yeah. So. Mm. Mm. Grim. Also, another connection with real-life events. Um, the famous um, 
the famous case Miranda about you know due process and search and mm. so forth counselling. Uh, that girl who was raped was also abducted after attending the movies, just like our Mary Deacon is here. Mm. Well, like Randy says in Scream, a lot of bad shit goes down at the movies. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And based on the conversation we just had, they're also responsible for a lot of bad shit. Mm-hmm. We see that um, Scorpio's left the package and letter in uh, Golden Gate Park, which is obviously... A place around San Francisco you must love because Kizar Stadium is right on the edge of Golden Gate Park and later we see the bus drive past the bison the bison pen in the park. So Does it seem a bit over the top that the bomb squad got a call for a letter? Like I know it's yes. inside a box. Yes, but it does. Is that the first leap that you make of Yeah a suspicious object? It looks like it's just a courier's, you know, package. Yeah, it might be now, but then yeah, but also it's in a park. Like it's probably in my mind, it's like a get smart episode. It's just like there's a, a bench there and there's a box and it blows up. Has a key like. to a locker at a train station. He's um he's been shown that he's pretty pretty crazy and he's like already acted on what he's said he's going to do in in the past. So I, I don't know. Like Bomb Squad might not be overzealous. Like I'd be t- probably taking taking his threats pretty seriously. It's 1971, so I suppose the cultural relevance of San Francisco and the Haight-Ashbury area, which the park abounds abounds on, is sort of fading a bit. But I suppose they're always worried about counter-revolutionary activities. I don't know. But I think you're right, Mitch. It's a bit overreaction. It just it felt like it was... There's a lot of exposition dialogue in this particular scene coming from the lieutenant. And it felt like it had been thrown in there to try to punch the sentence up a little bit. Right. Yeah. Fair, fair point. Mm. $200,000 ransom, Trent. What's that in today's currency? $200,000 today, Mitch, I, you work in a bank, would be $2.1 million or thereabouts. Mm. That's, um, that's enough to get you a housing deposit in the inner suburbs of Melbourne. <laughs> yes, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so it's okay on the, um, on the Dr. Evil laughability? Oh, of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. His aspirations are, are pretty apt. <laughs> I've got a piece of fan fiction here, uh, Georgia. Do you do you believe me that um, Anne Mary Deacon may actually be Hot Mary's daughter? Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's possible. Tenuous trend. Possible. Just a wee bit. <laughs> I mean, she would have been a young mother, wouldn't she? Yeah. Very young. But there's no evidence of her wearing ponchos in the photos, so maybe. There's height Ashbury in the seventies, so anything's possible. It's uh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, well, what did you think of this minute? Um, good, yeah, good minute There's lots of information, isn't there? Like, as far as, um, yeah, plot and storyline goes It's about the opposite to some of the other scenes Where there's no dialogue And it's just, um, yeah it's a, it's a real sort of set up minute uh, As far as the storyline goes How are the San Francisco police double-crossing? By the way, like they stopped him from trying to kill somebody. At yeah, what exactly. Part of that yeah. is yeah. double crossing. They him. do double cross him as That's far right. as the chase. Well, when right at the moment though. Oh, but point. but yeah, they have not yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he needs to go back to school. It's a real kind of Donald Trump <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Like it's just I'm going to paint you as this, regardless. Has he already asked for a ransom at this point, or not, like before this scene? He did with the letter on the rooftop, yeah? He wanted $100,000. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, he increases. They haven't given okay. him that, so they double-crossed him. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
No, I, I, I agree with Mitch. The double crossing suggests that they've deliberately misled him or something. Okay. In, yeah. Like if I ask for someone's number and they don't give it to me, <laughs> they've, they've exercised their right to not follow my wishes. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe that just happened to, to Scorpio one too many times. Maybe. And that's- That he didn't get his ransoms, yeah. yeah. Or, or the number. <laughs> you know, he's just had it with dating and yeah. life. If I've asked for a number and they give me their father's number, then that is a double cross. Well, that's, okay. that's a big double cross. <laughs> so, if the, if the San Francisco police had perhaps given him a bunch of leaflets in a bag. <laughs> Fake money. Yeah. Leaflets for, you know, neighbourhood watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, in, in his horoscope, you will meet a stranger with a yellow bag. Is that, is that another possibility? <laughs> yeah, a tall, maybe. dark stranger. I don't know about handsome. With, with good hair. <laughs> with good hair. A very tan stranger. <laughs> and a yellow bag. I do like that yellow bag. What do you think of Bressler, Mitch? As a character, as an actor, he seems very, uh, he seems very in over his head right yeah. now. Um, the tie is slightly askew. The hair is not as perfectly quaffed as it otherwise might be. <laughs> and he's about to be asked, are you sure about that? And his response, which is not what you want from a leader. No, I'm not sure, but that's my order. Mm. Like, yeah, that, yeah like it was that. pretty amazing dialogue. <laughs> you could be, you could be maybe a little open to discussion if you're not sure about things. You don't want your inferiors asking you and second questioning you if you're sure. Mm. Is he moved by the situation, do you think, or no more than usual? I don't think any more than usual. Yeah. I think it's more of just a, what a shame. What I'm really struck by looking at him right now is that it appears that he reflects no light. He's kind of wow. like a, a lighting black hole oh. that <laughs> if you pay close attention to his skin tones, okay, there's no shine, there's no reflection. He's just shadow. Whatever hits him, he absorbs. That's those uh, Salem's... Hard at work there, isn't it? <laughs> too many, few too many packs of Salem's. There, I think. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, sorry, we're just observing everyone. His lack of uh, absorption. <laughs> it's a vampire. Well, I think it's like he absorbs the criticisms from the public about how he's doing a bad job. Yeah. And he's just a <laughs> nameless functionary. I feel like in that outfit, Harry... So this is uh, for people that don't have the benefit of having it in front of them. He's sort of wearing a red sweater and a um, graying jacket with one or two buttons done up. He looks like he stepped off the set of Scent of a Woman. Like he could very easily have been, uh, what's his name? Trask? Um, yeah. Yeah. Principal Trask. Bresler definitely has the best suit in there. Yeah. Like, it definitely transcends time. I mean, mm. no, the other two, I mean, you could wear that now yes. w- with, without a problem. The whole movie, to me, Harry's outfits are like um, college professor, yeah. school principal. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Is there any um, elbow patches at any point? <laughs> oh, no. Are we yes, going there to are. We see are. some. There's yeah, got to yeah. be. There's got to be. Well, yeah. then he flat out, you know, teaches on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> but look at this chair. I mean, it's that, sa- that jacket is the... That's the only place you would see that now was yeah. an office chair like that. As you should. Missing- <laughs> Tim's missing. He does our Dirty Harry Minute podcast, but I think we've called that a herringbone. Is that the style it is? Herringbone. herringbone. Yeah. We have established that, yeah. I didn't have the confidence to say herringbone because I wasn't sure if it was correct, but that oh, was Live a little. Live- <laughs> we'll you owe it to it. yourself to live a little, Mitch. <laughs> yeah. But for a no-nonsense cop who plays by his own rules, he very much seems to dress according to department code. Mm. Yes. Whereas <laughs> to 
day sort of like a, <laughs> I think Die Hard kind of broke the mold on that. I was going to say, or like, perhaps even John McClane just wears singlets. Like, yeah, he doesn't exactly. own a suit. All he has Straight is up white beaters. Yeah. That's all he's got. <laughs> and he does. Hey. And Salem cigarettes. Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop would be another example. Like, you know, just yeah. leather jackets leather? and leather yeah. jackets, women's high waisted jeans. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the sort of mold for a cop that goes his own way. Whereas. If we look at this purely as a still frame, he could quite easily be the department superintendent that's Definitely. running an audit. Definitely. Very conservative. Mm. Bresler could be the ass kisser trying to dress well to say, mm. you know, look at me, look at me. But he, like what he's wearing, you could wear that to a wedding or a funeral now. Could you not? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Like you wouldn't get married in it, but <laughs> Yeah. It's definitely you like might get dating. buried in it. Maybe. You might get buried in it. You can be married to the job in it. Oh. So I think that's similar to my dad's suit he wore. But um, yeah, there you go. Thanks for joining us. Did you have fun? I did have fun. Are you going to apply any of the acting techniques we've seen to your technique going forward? Um, not. I can't say that I will apply any of the Clint techniques. No, no I'm not. I like my lips to Open. just. Yeah, either be open or not be or not be obscenely open. Mm-hmm. Open or shut, one yeah. or the other. Yeah, I, p- I pick one or the other. And you've got expressive eyes that are more expressive than just squinting. So yeah, yeah. What and two the, eyebrows. What about the whisper? Uh, What's the female equivalent actually? <coughs> because male actors have is it the- Kathleen Turner or something? Mm. <laughs> oh, best uh, voice ever. Mm. I think used to be good. No, it's still good. No, it's still good. It's still good. raspy as hell. But... And she voiced Jessica Rabbit, yeah. didn't she? And never laid claim to it. Like no, it's, no. I don't think it's. I don't think it's documented anywhere. It, it is her. now. Is it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I've got a documentary from the time, and she's interviewed, and it was. Oh. But it, I don't think she was credited initially. No, but she's it was like not. a shock. Oh my god! It's yeah. Her. Yeah. But yeah. Wild. Uh, no, I plan to speak normally. Okay. Always. It's just that for 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 guys, the thing is obviously if you. Lean in on the mic a little bit and Get a little bit sound really serious. You can act like you're being really dramatic without actually imparting any information. And the most important part is you get more close-ups. Is that the Sean Penn? No, he doesn't really do that, does he? No, no, it's the um, Alec Baldwin is the one that did it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Alex's natural voice is kind of pitched up there like that. It's like, yeah, yeah, great. I don't do photographs. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> Alex on 30 Rock and he's down here like this talking to Liz Lemon. <laughs> Shower scotch. <laughs> I love it. Hmm. Well, Mitch, um, thank you very much for coming. That's okay. Thank you. All the way down from Melbourne's Oakland, Geelong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or Oakland's. I don't know. What else is in Oakland? How, how's that colourful mayor? He's gone? Well, yeah. So, the colourful mayor is gone, but now he's running for a state seat, which is terrifying. So, basically, for anyone that's not aware, Geelong elected Darren Lyons, paparazzi kind of um, man about town. Uh, Darren Lyons as mayor and then the state government said you know what you guys have fucked that up so badly you don't get democratic elections anymore we're going to shut your council down and take over Uh, this was after they gave him two years to to ruin the place before they decided to take that over he's now running for a state seat so I'm looking forward to if that goes badly that the federal government gets to step into the city of uh, to the seat of Karangamite and go you guys don't get to participate anymore because you've just you keep doing this to yourselves (laughs) And it's like telling a drunk driver that he's not allowed behind the wheel. It's like you don't have the faculties to participate. It's like you're the special kid. Yeah. I can't believe that it was two years. They gave him two years. Yeah, that long. About, you know, 18 months too long, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And then America happened. 
and yeah. like and the Geelong, bar was completely dropped. Geelong was a microcosm of like it, it was a you could have predicted every movement that was going to happen through the White House based on watching our tiny little election. Yeah, you guys probably weren't that surprised. No, you were like, we we've had a guy with bad hair yeah. in power for ages. Yeah. We were a beta testing phase. Yeah. We're gonna have a Christmas tree island. It's gonna be great, real great. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still have that Christmas tree thing? Yeah, it gets yeah. wheeled out in November. Oh, okay. What um what other Geelong celebrities could you have? You could have Dennis Walter. He's we from could. Geelong. Missy Higgins is from Geelong. Yeah. 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 Barry Crocker. He's yeah. from Geelong. Uh, Look, Missy Higgins would listen to you. You know, <laughs> yeah, she get out there. She would. She yeah, talked yeah. to you. Um, Greg Fleet, Australian comedian. Oh, Greg Fleet is oh, yeah. from yeah. Geelong. He studied at grammar, and Dave Thornton went to my high school oh. from Fifi, Dave, and Byron. Aaron Finch, Australian yeah. cricketer. Aaron Finch. We have a few. Yeah. Um, some guy, Mitch Grinner, did all right with the podcast, has a book. You know. <laughs> I hear he's a bit of a dick in person. Very full of himself. Nonsense. But further west, Adelaide, Georgia, <coughs> thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having us. And we might get you back with Fiona in the future. The real Fiona. Real Fiona, yeah. No imposters. <laughs> well, Trent, thank you. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us, guys, on Dirt. Minute. Minute. Minute.